everybody, it's Victor Greta, and I'm going to be my own guest in this special episode. So what I'm going to be talking about, though, is Kickstarter, my experience with Kickstarter and launching Kin Stuff Done. Just yesterday, I announced the sort of game aspect of the card game. Um, it is a productivity system, so you build your day like you would build your deck in, say, Magic the Gathering, where you say, I want to be able to do these things, right? And we don't always get to do all the stuff we do. In fact, I, you know, in using this system myself, I've realized that I don't put out 16 cards for an eight-hour day. Each card is half an hour. I don't actually put out 16 cards all the time because I'm not going to sit there and poke at my watch and set a timer and do the thing. You know, that's like if I need to really, really push through and get a whole bunch of stuff done. Usually I'll put out like 6 to 10, maybe 15 cards at the most, knowing that some of the things are going to be put off to the next day, knowing that some of those things might take a little bit longer. But we added a little game to it using the numbers in the upper right-hand corner um, and I'll leave that to you if you want to go to Kickstarter and look up Kitten Things Done or Kitten Stuff Done, or if you want to go to kittenstuffdone.com, we're going to have information there on the blog. But what I want to talk about really is the crowdfunding aspect because I think a lot of people don't understand well, why do you do a crowdfunding round when you know you could just order the stuff or whatever? Well, I didn't have thousands of dollars sitting around to order stock. You know, if you're doing a computer game, it's one thing. You can sit there and you could literally poke on it for years and it wouldn't really cost you anything but time. But making a physical product, you have to, generally speaking, you have to order a certain number of things in order to get a price break, right? So when I bought the sample decks for Kid and Stuff Done, each deck cost me about $11. Now, if you look at games like Cards Against Humanity and other games like that, Exploding Kittens, they are obviously getting a bigger price break than $11 per deck because a, a basic Cards Against Humanity deck is like 10 bucks or one of the little expansions or whatever. Uh, that's you know, And it actually comes with a lot more than 52 cards. And a pack of 52 cards is only like 4 or 5 bucks. It was obvious that I needed to do something in order to lower my costs, and I needed to order you know, two or three hundred at a time. Now, we only have 161 backers right now. That means that I'm probably going to be making about 200 at max. I get a pretty good price break at 250 so I'll be spending some of my own money to put back into the enterprise so that we have a little bit of extra stock for people who just heard about it, you know, in a couple of days after the crowdfunding's done, and they're like, oh, crap, I still want to buy a deck. Well, we'll have an e-commerce solution for those folks. But as to the Kickstarter thing and as to how this could actually help anybody who's thinking about doing some crowdfunding on Kickstarter, I've done crowdfunding on Indiegogo, I've done it on Kickstarter, and I think both uh, have their own advantages. Kickstarter, I went with that, even though it's all or nothing and that made me a little nervous, uh, I went with Kickstarter because... I feel like that has better support for game folks. People are making card and board games. You just see more of those on there. Indiegogo has a little bit of a different audience. So that's where we get into the first part of this. We were really talking about marketing. You are trying to connect your product with the, its market, right? Now, there are people who just do crowdfunding to do crowdfunding. And that's something that I would suggest that you 
don't really pay a lot of attention to. Um, unless your product is something that you think would particularly capture the interest of people who crowdfund a lot of things. But the thing about that is, is it's sort of like somebody who plays the stock market daily. What are they in it for? They're in it for the money, right? So crowdfunders are either going to like your project or they're not based on their own proclivities. It's really hard to target them, I found, because you're basically just saying, oh, you like to crowdfund stuff. Well, everyone's motivation is different. Some people like to crowdfund a lot of these technology things like uh, luggage and whatnot. I don't think I, mine was very successful because um, in terms of targeting crowdfunders, which I did in some Facebook and Instagram ads, um, I don't think mine was very successful in that vein because this is something novel. This is something that they didn't know they needed. Whereas I feel like a lot of the crowdfunding folks, their motivation is, oh, this is something that needs to exist. So Kitten Stuff Done is one of those things where, did the world need it? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a better place for it, but I don't think a lot of crowdfunding folks would see it that way. When you look at a, a, a piece of baggage, a luggage item that has a battery that you can charge all your stuff in, like that's the kind of stuff they seem to go for. Uh, but maybe I'm a little skewed on that, and I haven't done any surveys to find out. I will say this. You can forget shortcuts. So I use like Backer Club, and I think I paid like 500 bucks in one case to get in this newsletter. That might have been Backer Club. And I got maybe one or two people to back my project. And that's another thing is what's your ROI, right? What's your return on investment? 500 At $500, I would have needed like 50 or more people to show up and back the project just from that one avenue that at the time I thought yeah that's likely to happen but it's not likely to happen and that brings me to my kind of second point here other the first point being forget shortcuts like these crowdfunding clubs and whatnot that's probably not going to work out well for you they all want paid placement it's kind of a scam honestly and so what I would say is just forget those shortcuts. Uh, Backers Club and all that is nice if you have a certain high dollar item. But here's the thing. Don't count on this getting more than 100% funded. And I know that that's probably easy to say uh, because most people are not as naively optimistic as I am. Obviously, I go and I see that some of these games get like a thousand percent funding, four thousand percent funded. Uh, I, I backed a game that was a really creepy looking like David Lynch inspired card game role playing thing. In the video, the creator never showed a card, never went through gameplay, just talked about it with a little bit of spooky music going in the background. All, and there was just a little bit of like lighting going on, I guess. I don't know. But that got like over a thousand percent funded. She can take the rest of the year off and focus just on that game. I obviously had similar projections. I had hoped, you know, I did a, a I did stretch goals, which none of those were hit. And I looked at all of these and I said, you know, like surely we can get to ten thousand because I had raised ten thousand before with Modern Studio. Um, but if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. And that's the other thing, too, is that your stretch goals are great. Um, and this is going to tie into a, another point here in just a second. But don't expect to get anything more than 100% funded. You can probably get to 100% funded if you exhaust your, low, your friend network, your extended contacts network, if you post a lot. Uh, we're going to go through that in just a second. But here's the deal. You, you can forget about 
you know, maybe 105% funded, you might get lucky. And here's why I say that. The 1,000% funded project that I backed was someone from the Midwest. She's nobody. She's, I mean, you know, she's a great person, I'm sure. I'm just saying she didn't have a huge fan base. She didn't have this, like, giant following. I have no idea how she really got that. I'm guessing that she got in some horror magazine or message board or, you know, I say magazine, but, like, website. Something somewhere picked her up, and that was good on her part because if it's a niche if it's a genre niche in particular that can help tremendously part of the problem getting stuff done had was that yeah we're appealing to cat lovers but yeah we're kind of appealing to productivity nuts and yeah we're kind of appealing to card gamers but not to all of those like specifically right not to all of those exclusively if it's a horror game that's an rpg that is a card game rpg horror game there's the Venn diagram of that is almost a complete pie. You know what I mean? So it really helps if you have a very clear niche and a very clear focus uh, in that area. And that goes back to I said that this lady she you know she's out of the middle of nowhere. But you know what? We live in an age in which lightning can strike. Uh, you know I, I used to know Trey Crowder. He's now the liberal redneck, and he is in L.A working professionally in the entertainment industry because he lived in Oak Ridge, did a video, it caught fire on Facebook. He had been performing already for seven or eight years, so that's where the preparation meets the opportunity, right? But when lightning struck and his video just went viral, like literally went viral online, it was like millions of views, hundreds of thousands of shares. That's the kind of thing that can transform your life, but you can't bet on that. It's it's basically like people who play Powerball or Mega Millions thinking that's their retirement plan. That's not a retirement plan. Um, it, as, as a contrast, I backed a project that a guy that I used to know, used to do comedy with, Elliot Rahal, um, was involved, and he's a comic book writer, and he was involved in this comic book that had Patton Oswalt on it. And, and so you figure, well, Patton Oswalt's attached to this. Surely he's tweeting about it or whatever. He might have mentioned it. The guy tweets a lot. But he might have mentioned it. But he's mostly doing political stuff. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in just a second, too. Um, but, you know, during the crowdfunding, he he wasn't, like, banging the drum constantly. So they'd only got, like, 104% funded. So if, if that's attached to a pretty major brand, let's say, of Patton Oswalt, and that only gets 104% funded, the chances that you're going to get 200 500, 1,000% are slim to none. However, there are some things you can do. So the Burger Battle game that I backed, it did pretty well. Um, and he has a following. And I think that's another thing too. So the biggest piece of advice, maybe this is number three, I'm not sure. But the biggest piece of advice is that you want to build your audience awareness months, if not years in advance. If you can build up uh, a steady drumbeat of attention. It will start small and it will grow organically over time. Uh, you just have to trust me on this. We got almost 200 followers on Kitten Stuff Done in just the month and a half, two months that I've had the uh, the account. I started that account just a, like a week before the Kickstarter. Now, if I had been start, if I'd been doing that, feeding it constantly over the past year or two years. Um, I probably would have three to four times that many 
Uh, and especially if I'd really focused on more cat photos, because people steal those all the time. I don't, I don't really like that, but I'm saying as a growth hack, that definitely does work, especially on Instagram. Here's the comparison is it took me like three years to get to 300 on Angry Dad Gamer. Now, I did take a big break for a while there, but it's just one of those things where it's like as you build notoriety in some way that you're going to have a follow-on audience that will be interested in what you're doing. So if you can build up, you know, whatever it is that you're making, start showing the building process, start talking about playtesting, start talking about other people's stuff as well. Because when you go to launch, and this is point four or whatever, when you go to launch, your timing's probably going to suck. And I say that because we live in a world of craziness, like the news cycle is crazy, uh, the world is kind of crazy right now, there's a lot of stuff going on and people very aware of what's going on in the world, so when you launch, you can't control external events. I launched and there was a big thing going on about the Supreme Court in the United States and that sucked the wind out of a lot of my promotion because people really could not focus on anything other than that. Now, you might get lucky and maybe they're like, oh, I just can't take the news. I want to go, you know, what am I going to go, surf on Kickstarter? No. So I got a little bit of attention through that noise, but just know that you, you can't control the outside world. So the timing is never going to be great. You just have to do it. The reason I had to launch in September, we tried to launch last year, couldn't get enough artists on board, and so it got to be mid-October. I knew that if I launched then, we wouldn't get them out in time for Christmas. So that was my goal, was to get the basic decks in the hands of people for Christmas so they could use it as Christmas presents or whatever, uh, and then more people would see it, more people would buy it in the new year. The new year is usually a good time for people to get into productivity, self-improvement, etc., etc. So we had a long-term plan. That's the other thing I would say. You've got to have a long-term plan. I mean, unless this literally is just a one-off, which is very rare. Uh, if you are building a game of some kind and you want it to continue on, have a plan for what happens after, right? And, and that's part of my deal, too, is I was trying to raise enough money to make sure that I had enough to buy additional decks after the crowdfunding round so that more people could buy so that then I could, you know... And I'm still going to end up save, having to save some of my own personal money to reinvest in buying more decks at that price point. So I'm hoping I have enough stock to kind of, you know, keep that that funnel going and eventually become break even at some point. So we're at 15 minutes now. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I do have a couple of real quick brass tacks uh, that I think are really important. First of all, your best marketing is low-level awareness or urgent calls to action. In other words, spend a year or so building that low-level awareness, build your brand up, and then hit them with the urgent calls to action as soon as you start your Kickstarter. You will get your best promos from your friends and your allies. So make sure you build that way up in advance. Honestly, that means behaving nicely to people. Don't get involved in a bunch of brawls online. That's not, never, ever, ever going to help you. If you want to contact the press, feel free. Look up how to write a press release. They're almost as useless as wet toilet paper. But contact the press three times. Don't try to press it too much. It, go on LinkedIn. Find your friends who know people in the media and see if they can help you with an intro. Chances are they won't. And, and don't be offended by that. Don't, never, ever get pissed off that someone won't retweet you or post about it or whatever. But contact, contact the press three times. Way in advance. 
just before your launch and then in the middle or when you get funded. Um, I did not recontact the press when I got funded. Um, and so that was on my bad, but I got a little bit of press and that, and that helped out, I think. Those stretch goals are really hard to do, so don't count on them. Simplify your rewards. I think if there's the, the biggest thing, there's two things here. I would make more graphics explaining things. The, the website on Kickstarter in particular doesn't help you sort of design in, a, in advance for those of you like me who want to know page widths and things like that. Um, but you go and you see some pages where it's like, okay, this is clearly not your first rodeo because you know exactly how wide to make graphics and you know they've explained all the stretch goals and all the perks and everything um, with with graphics because there's not much you can do on the page itself, right? It's very HTML like 1.0 basically. What I would say is that simplify your rewards. Do not do things like you only get a t-shirt or you only get this extra item. Take whatever it is is your main item, right? Like in mine, it was a deck of cards. And then build from that on that. So a deck of cards plus an accessory. A deck of cards plus all accessories. A deck of cards plus all accessories and some extra items, right? That's the way to do it. I, only three or four I would recommend. I tried to do too many, and let me give you an example of that. I had the base deck, and then I have booster packs, and I'm launching with three booster packs, and I separated out the booster packs. What I should have said was, because you do a survey at the end on Kickstarter, you do a survey and say, okay, what did you order? I'm going to fulfill these now, right? And you make sure they paid enough and all that. Well, I should have just said a deck plus a booster pack. And that way people could have gotten whatever booster pack they wanted. And I should have done a level that said a deck and all three booster packs and maybe tossed in a sweetener like a sticker or whatever. Instead, I did deck plus booster pack A, deck plus booster pack B, deck plus booster pack C. So people who wanted all three were confused as shit. They were like, oh wait, do I have to buy three decks and three booster? You know, not to mention you can't do that because Kickstarter doesn't allow you to stack your rewards. You can't order two rewards at the same time. So that's what I say. Simplify your rewards. You People can't just add stuff like it's a shopping cart. And they make that very clear on the site. This is not a, you know, a shopping site. Um, and so I think that's probably why they do that is so that, it, that people don't treat it like, you know, Amazon. And you can just throw a bunch of shit in your cart and, and let it go. Uh, because we don't really have SKUs. You don't really have... SKUs on the site. So you're also just adding to your own trouble. Last thing is that if you do have stuff that requires a minimum order, be very, very careful about adding that into um, your reward levels. And the reason I say that is because I, again, going back to the crowdfunding thing, I offered Backer Club a special. If they came from Backer Club, I would give them all these like extra deals, uh, which is kind of a loss leader. It, it, look that up if you're ever interested in what a loss leader is, basically. But that's kind of what I did to myself, um, thinking that, you know, okay, well, if I get like 50 people, it's going to be worth it. I got like two people, I think, out of that whole debacle. And here's the real problem. I, I told them I would give them an enamel pin. Well, enamel pins are fairly complicated to make. Um, again, with Chinese manufacturing now, all of this stuff is far more accessible than it used to be. But my point being, I went back and I looked at it, and my math was all based on people sort of buying it in the way that I wanted them to buy. 
well, with only two or three people getting enamel pins now, I'm going to be losing a crap ton of money on these damn enamel pins. I'm probably going to be $100 or more in the hole because now I have to buy a minimum order of enamel pins. Now, what does that mean? Well, again, Kickstarter is not intended to make you rich. It's not intended to, to let you buy your first boat or anything like that. This is intended to kickstart your business. These are people that in some ways are kind of investing in your business. They own no stake. They're just saying, I want to see this thing exist in the world. It's up to you then to carry that ball into the end zone. And by doing that, it means you've got to have that plan up front. You've got to have your business plan up front. So plan to not make all your money, meaning like you need to have like maybe a, a 1 to 10% of what you really need to start your business in your back pocket so that no matter where the crowdfunding falls, you are set up and ready to go. The good news about the enamel pins is that, yeah, I'm going to send out three or four of these suckers and I will have, quote, lost money on them, but I'll still have the inventory left over. So when I launch the web store and then Kickstarter's not taking their fees and PayPal's not taking their fees, et cetera, et cetera, now that's pure profit for me. So once that, you know, if, if that's all been paid for, if frankly, if I am um, revenue neutral at the end of the Kickstarter, I consider it a success, especially if I have stock left over, okay? So if I have a dozen decks or more, if I have some enamel pins, if I have some stickers and some booster packs, et cetera, et cetera, if I have all of that left over, then I consider this a success because that allows me then to continue to sell the stuff continue to market online and just build that business organically like it would normally have been done say 20 years ago um, although it would have been done through mail order obviously so those are my Kickstarter maybe a little rambly tips there but I wanted to share with you guys sort of what I have learned uh, in my limited experience with that before we did the Indiegogo that was for modern studio that was a physical space we could offer some really unique stuff. Um, but with a physical product, it's a little bit of a different thing. So that, those are some big things to think about is having inventory after the Kickstarter is over, after your crowdfunding round is over, and making sure that you prep the runway, that you do have a plan going in, and that you spend a lot of time on the front end getting awareness so that you're not panicking in those 30 or more days that you're actually doing your crowdfunding. Good luck to you. I hope everybody's crowdfunding is successful. Keep making great stuff. Also, thank you to Digital Drew for the music. You can find him on digitaldrew.com, D-R-O-O.com. And you can, of course, find us on angrydadgamer.com. And please tell your friends that you know about the podcast because that's how it starts. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Victor Agreta. This is the Angry Dad Gamer Podcast, both sides of the table.